Hello, today I'm talking to Daria and Misha of Deployed. Deployed is part of Stability AI and has previously released a model called IF, which is what we're talking about today. IF is an open source replication of Imagine, which is a model out of Google research and has been presented in this paper right here, photorealistic text to image diffusion models with deep language understanding. So this model, the if model is different in that it does not go to a latent space like stable diffusion, but it operates directly on pixel space. So the diffusion process is happening on pixel space, and then it works with works with up samplers at the end. We're talking today a little bit about how everything came to be how everything fits together. But the model is really cool. And if you go look up examples out of this, uh, the productions of the model are very, very performant. Of course, now we have bigger models coming out every day. But given the time it was developed, and you know, the size of the model and everything, it does some things particularly well, for example, text. So you can see here, all the text that's here is much better captured than for example, stable diffusion 1.5 or something like this. So I think that this model has been forgotten a little bit next to all the DALIs and stable diffusions and so on being released. And I hope people will check out this line of research more. So enjoy this conversation with Daria and Misha and I'll see you around. Bye bye. Hello, everyone. Today, I have with me two people whose last names I will not be able to pronounce. But for now, uh, we'll call them Dasha and Misha uh, of the Deep Floyd team. Dasha and Misha, welcome very much to here. Very cool what you're doing. Hello, Yannick. Hello. Thanks a lot for having us. So listeners, we, we have about like half a second or a second lag here. And we'll try to correct it in the edit. But at some sometimes you, you'll hear like some awkward pauses. That is the internet's fault. And not because we are antisocial people. Deep Floyd, um, there, there are a few names up here. Uh, we've what we've seen come out from you is a really great text to image model. It's a, a model that similar to stable diffusion and dolly, I can put in a piece of text, uh, and then an image will pop up, but it has some notable differences. And I feel it gives it gives really great uh, pictures that do actually follow what I write. It's for example, very good at also text as we can see maybe on the screen, there is a neon sign. This is fully created just from text. Uh, so there's no reference image or anything like this. And we, we we see a few names right here. So maybe you can just tell us what is the model itself called? And what is it at its core? Like what's what's the model architecture? So yeah, the model name deployed Eve. So we are deployed team, we are part of uh, stability AI. Uh, as a research group, we are more interested in multimodal uh, neural networks such as uh, Deployity, or maybe you will uh, hear some new uh, networks soon from us. So Deployity is a diffusion model, is a, cas a pixel cascaded diffusion model. Um, then you want to like describe how uh, stable diffusion works. It's very easy to just Google uh, stable, like deployative, and uh, you will see that it's model composed of frozen text encoder and free cascaded pixel diffusion models, uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, what does it mean? Uh, they have uh, architecture that is very similar to Imagen. And uh, it used frozen T5 encoder as uh, first, like zero stage to pro to process text into embeddings. And after that, we have three cascaded uh, units that convert image from text to 64 by 64, then to uh, 256 by 256, and to 1024 by 1024. So this is like the core idea of the architecture, but um, I, I hope we will can we can discuss more details about how we decide uh, to use some specific text encoders and uh, what the difference between our model and uh, Imagen, for example. Uh, I can just add, yes, I can just add that um, the name of our model, if 
is inspired by the song uh, If by uh, Pink Floyd. Very cool. I, w I was wondering. Yep. Yes, I think everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So you pronounce it just if. That's cool. Yeah. I, I was wondering if it's like image Floyd or yes, something like this, since you're called Deep Floyd, or um, but that clears it up. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to say that there was a hint in our first uh, post in Twitter, actually, because we changed a bit, uh, like some words from this song. Ah, very, very, very nice. I did not notice, but I'll go back and see. I think the most notable difference here is specifically whereas for example stable diffusion works in this latent space that is given by a vq gan uh, with with latent tokens the your, your model specifically works on pixels themselves so it's a diffusion model over pixels in a space of 64 by 64 pixels why did you choose this um, when for example stable diffusion and many models before have found that uh, it works very well to do this in this latent space. So it's a very, very good question because like we think that the latent space is maybe the best space we have now because it can generate very good and realistic images without, uh, and don't have this problem what we have like using several cascades if the some artifacts occur on the low stage you just increase and um and use it in the second stage and after that uh, you have some a little bit muddy non-perfect non-ideal uh image and in the same time latin space have advantage uh, that you just need to create your base model in the latent representations you so you don't worry about the second stage and third stage in, in terms of compute and mm, to train another part of model and to try to mm, like somehow uh, play the distribution to reduce the artifacts but in the same time we found that uh, nowadays we had a lot of research papers that are based on imagen for example dream fusion this uh, 3d uh, nerf uh, idea so it was initially made in pixel space of course you can do it in latent uh, and uh, but there are some some ideas that have been made for pixel models and we don't have them so it is the first problem we have and the second one for example is the uh, image you see on your screen for example if you want to do the image in painting and you want to have the initial image and don't want to change it you won't have like pixel perfect uh, match between your original image and in painted one so you should use pixel cascaded because no latent modern can guarantee you the ideal uh, correctness of the output the fact that you work in 64 by 64 pixels and then you use upsampling models um, to do that, is that mainly a technical limitation by the fact that, you know, that was the biggest you could train? Or did you actually find uh, that somehow the size of image is advantageous? Because it, right, naively one would just say, hey, why don't we just work in 1024 pixel space if we do pixel diffusion anyway? So why do you do the, the 64 by 64? I guess uh, initially we wanted to reproduce uh, Imogen. Like, so it was, um, it was the source of our inspiration and we just wanted like step by step to reproduce it. But so, and in Imogen uh, on the base model on the first stage they use 64 by 64 resolution and then upscale it to 256 by 256 and further to 124 1024 by 1024 so we just decided uh, to do um, the same thing but uh, later we made some um, alterations from the initial image and architecture. I think we'll tell about them later on. 
so yeah, the, the main reason is based on Imagen. So what we think is that uh, just not only reproducing the previous idea, they also agree with them in, in terms of compute and um, uh, efficiency of the parameters we use. So, for example, the second stage we have, the stage that can convert the 64 by 64 image to 256 to 256 can generate the image from scratch. How it works? Uh, the uh, upsampled image uh, have the augmentation. So this augmentation level have the bound from 0 to 1 and 1 mean like it's almost Gaussian noise. So you see nothing. Uh, you uh, The image and paper propose it because we have a lot of artifacts and mis mismatch in terms of distribution of real images and generated. So this kind of um, augmentation can help to generate more realistic image for second, for second stage. But if you use the highest level of augmentation, it means one, so you see no condition at all. And so you can do unconditional, just only text conditional generation using the second stage. But the quality of this image, it's really not enough. So maybe if we have, we will have train very, very, very large in terms of parameters and video RAM model, we can do it. But I think it's like idea to save the compute to separate in three stages. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can go into this a bit more. Like, what given the the imagined model, what were the most significant changes you made um, with with respect to going away from imagine? So, uh, I hope uh, maybe maybe we will start what uh, we not one hundred percent try to replicate Imagen. So in the time where you maybe remember Edifi from NVIDIA, they made some model that uh, use Clip and uh, T5 encoders together. So Daria will tell you, so we had this experience before them, but... Uh, yeah. Um... At first, uh, we decided to make some experiments uh, on whether which kind of text encoder to use. So we had to decide it and uh, we conducted several experiments with uh, different text encoders. Uh, for instance, we tried UL2 model plus clip, uh, T5 plus clip, uh, just clip, just T5 uh, text encoders, and just UL2. Uh, and uh, it turned out that uh, the best result uh, shows uh, the combination of UL2 plus clip text encoders. So here uh, we can see that uh, it has it has the best average clip score. Uh, but uh, even if in um, imagined paper, for instance, uh, they say that uh, the, the uh, that T5 and clip text encoder, they are uh, they perform similarly in terms of uh, clip score. But uh, human evaluation shows that uh, T5 is better. And uh, here is the same. Uh, we uh, just looked at the images that were generated. Uh, so we conducted human evaluation and it turned out that uh, T5 is actually uh, the best. So even here we see that um, T5 with T5, the model uh, can generate uh, this um, triangle pink stop sign. Uh, and so, um, yes, it is, uh, we see that there are more real triangle uh, stop signs than in some, than in generations with uh, different, uh, with another um, text encoders. 
And moreover, we decided that uh, UL tour actually is very heavy. And uh, I think that it's too much. Uh, it doesn't uh, make that big difference, you know, to, to use such big text encoder in the model. So we, we decided that T5 uh, is an optimal choice uh, in terms of the number of parameters and the performance. So, yeah, Why, I think... Um, sorry, if, if you talk about T5 and UL2 and so on, do you mean mm -hmm. just the model architecture or do you take the actual pre-trained model weights of these, of these models? Uh, we mean we take the actual pre-trained uh, weights of the model and like to use it mm -hmm. as text encoder. A frozen one, yeah. Uh, cool. Yes, definitely. So yeah, the idea why we, we are not like a replica of Imogen by the like core idea, but uh, uh, making the same experiment that Edifi made, Nvidia made in the parallel, I think, we found that um, in our case we don't want to do some i don't know additional changes in architecture to like find something that makes uh, our model new and find some new way to do better model uh, using additional encoder but we really tried it so but uh, still we made several uh, changes but we think it's crucial to achieve the best uh, fid for our days so first thing they didn't agree a little bit that uh, unit size it's not crucial we uh, found on our experiments that uh, really the size is uh, like matter in this case so the smallest model is not enough so i will not cover it here at all but the thing i want to tell you is the difference uh in terms of unit so we uh found that imagen proposed efficient unit the idea that maybe it's better to use more parameters and uh, more vram for activation in more deeper layers but not use them in the higher one. Mm -hmm. So we found that maybe we can do the same thing, but we rearrange it a little bit and uh, create the optimal unit, like they call it official, we call it optimal, why we think it's optimal. So we found the lack a little bit, the lack of um, cross attention layers in the deeper uh, blocks. So we think that information for upscalers have to be conditioned on the text. The text condition is crucial in this kind of architectures. And we think that maybe we can add, reduce number of blocks, but add more cross attention to the text to have a better text alignment. And we found that the having vanilla unit and optimal unit with almost the same parameters, the 400 and 450 parameters, we cannot match them exactly because it's a slightly different architecture. We found that the loss, uh, like M M MSE loss uh, from the training, this diffusion, it's much, much, much lower using this optimal unit for second stage. So this is not the efficient unit, but it's like own idea to rearrange the second and the third stage for this model. Um, so this is like main difference, I think. And what have you in all, it seems like you've done a lot of exploration of the architecture, trying out different things, uh, rearranging things, more layers, more attention and so on. Um, and if we look at your output quality, it's, it's pretty good. What piece would you say made the biggest impact on like what is if I were to just go now and build myself a thing like this without reading much, right? I just kind of try. What is the if is there like one piece of advice that you give to someone who just wants to go out and build something? Like what's the most important thing um, to pay attention to? Yeah, I I think it's like my opinion. I think maybe Dasha has another opinion because it's like really uh, own thing. I think the most uh, crucial. Th think for me is to have the, the good text encoder as a T5, maybe UL2, maybe some better uh, encoder decoder part to take just good encoder, the frozen one. Uh, we try to unfroze it, we try to 
train it. So we didn't uh, succeed with that. So they think the frozen uh, encoder, the big frozen encoder and good trained frozen encoder is crucial. And also they think that the base unit sites, it's also means a lot because it's give more parameters for cross attention for better interpretation the text embedding from text encoder for example if you try some simple prompts as uh, you can see for example a photo of red cube even like stable diffusion or all other model that have simple uh, text encoder can generate this simple prompt because like there is a small amount of information but you remember the time that people try a lot of different things in terms of prompt tricks for example uh, I don't know, trending on our station, yara yara, and uh, all this stuff helps to create better image. And uh, but by the adding a lot of stuff in your prompt, but you maybe you don't want to type a lot of things. You just want simple expression. You want, for example, red cube on the top of a blue cube, and you want text blue on a red cube and text red on a blue cube you don't want like a lot of prompt tricks tricks to do the correct output but uh for doing that you really need good first stage the good text encoder and the more parameters for cross attention and to interpretate this uh, text and uh, for example if you compare the results with stable diffusion and the, the stable e e deployed if and uh, also mid-journey v5 with uh, deployed if you will see that um, it is impossible by them to create correct uh, image and um, if you if the main idea to understand text correctly i think the bigger unit and the uh, cooler text and cooler and frozen text encoders are crucial yeah but but by the also think but i think that maybe latent is not the bad thing because we we see a lot of artifacts in our pixel cascaded approach so we think they may be using latent you can combine these two cool ideas and have the best model yes and i think what also you should uh, bear in mind uh, deciding which uh, size of the model to choose is also like the size of your data set and it's very important to make some experiments on like scaling and uh, to, to see if there is uh, some overfitting problem, for instance. And actually, imagine uh, in their paper, they write that they uh, didn't struggle with overfitting. But, but we actually, we are not sure about that, that it's true. Uh, because uh, with the, the size of uh, our model, with we have uh, the biggest model is uh, 2.3 billion parameters, uh, and we definitely have some overfitting issues. And by overfitting, what? How does overfitting look like in a model like this? Like it would always produce the same image, or? It would just fail if the text is not in the training set, or how does how does overfitting look? Uh, well, uh, for instance, if uh, there is some uh, very popular image, for instance, Mona Lisa, uh, which you can see on different surfaces, uh, so uh, on it can be on the mag, it can be on a T-shirt, it can be uh, as it is. So uh, it's very hard to make some alterations with this type of image. Mm -hmm. So uh, in most cases, you just get the just the initial Mona Lisa image. So uh, it's much easier to make some alterations and variations of images if uh, it's some like normal image uh, with no overfitting. But with this uh, type of images, yes, it, it, it's really just hard to get some variations of it. I see. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. It appears in the training set probably a ton, right? Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I think so. F oh, nice. So you can see like Mona Lisa. I also love the... 
<laughs> but the only one in head. So why it's so? Because it's so many time on different prints, etc. So it just remember it by heart and cannot hallucinate it on, on it. In terms of FID uh, score, uh, our model demonstrates uh, the best results. Result we can see that zero shot FID at uh, 30k is 6.66, and uh, it, it is actually uh, the first uh, score we get once we uh, calculated it, but then uh, we just realized that probably the process of calculating FID score, of evaluating such model, lacks um, consistency and transparency. Uh, we mean that um, there are 40k images in uh, Coco evaluation set, right? And uh, the zero shot feed is calculated on a subset of 30k images. And uh, the and we should also take into consideration that uh, for each image in Coco evaluation set, there are five captions. So we have actually many variants of this uh, caption text pairs, and there is no uh, a predefined set on which every text-to-image model can be evaluated. And we just decided to uh, look at the spread of FID scores which are calculated on different subsets of uh, 30k images and uh, yeah. on this slide we can see that actually uh, like for instance uh, we we took 1k subsamples generated with different classifier free uh, guidance values uh, i mean uh, one case of samples of this thirty um, k um, sets of images, and uh, it turned out that uh, there is a huge difference uh, between them. So, for instance, FID at thirty k uh, minimum score is six point fifty eight and the maximum value is 6.76. And the problem is, uh, if you look here, we can, uh, we can see that Imogen has uh, FID score 7.27 and Party 7.23. So we can see that the difference is in the Second, uh, like second uh, number, second sign of, like after comma, so uh, it means that, and we don't know on which uh, caption and image subsample of this uh, 40k Coco evaluation images uh, is calculated FID for Imogen or for Party, so it means that uh, it can be not statistically significant, this uh, difference between Imogen FID score and party FID score. Because here, for instance, the difference is even in the first number of Tacoma. Uh, so, and we, we think that probably um, it's better to, uh, to have some predefined set of images on which all text to image models can be evaluated or probably uh, it it is better to show some mean score for instance to have uh, 1k uh, subsamples of this 30k uh, sets and uh, report some uh, mean score but uh, so, so um, we think that it makes sense just to 
make this procedure uh, clear and consistent. Maybe adding some, I don't know, fixed data set, subset of these yes. images, because it's very hard to ask people to recalculate it for all 4K. It's historically made for using this random subset in 30K. So it's very hard to ask people, okay, now we decide to use all all uh, eval set from Coco, but maybe just fixed for future some subset that should be fixed. And yeah. But it's not even uh, perfectly clear why do we use 30k uh, samples i mean <laughs> we can use like the whole evaluation set why not but it's historically yeah it's yes. historically so we don't... yeah but probably we should change it because it's a bit mess in cal in calculating fid score if you read uh, different research papers so, yeah. So it could very conceivably be that some of these other models, they just got lucky or unlucky with right. their choice of subset. And then, yeah, it could, it could be that, um, I, I'm honestly surprised how still, I mean, I get it that there is a, an ambiguity and so on, but overall, I'm still surprised by how uh, reliable the FID metric as such still seems to be because the metric is really old, right? And it uses, if I'm, if I'm correct, it uses this inception V3 or V4 network to somehow calculate a distance to reference images. I would have guessed that with the rise of such good models that produce images, um, it would be, it would be kind of a meaningless metric until now. Um, but it seems to be still the fact that, okay, you know, as sort of models get better perceivably by humans they also get largely better in this fid score so there still still seems to be a bit of a direction in this which is cool to see but i totally see your your point of maybe we should fix the subset maybe you could do that right maybe you could make um a little paper that says hey here is a new benchmark that's fixed and so on and then everyone i mean it takes someone to to say look here is what we do from now on so you know so this is very old metric that show just the mm, similarity of distribution of generated images by these captions and coco image so if you use some prompt tricks for example you add like the old photo from internet from 2014 it will be even close to this coco data set because it's very old and made in for mm -hmm. 2014 i mean yeah cool excellent and you also have some some uh, cool generations uh mm -hmm. i hear so maybe we can we can get yeah, into that a little bit uh, because I've already so seen some very cool ones on the on the website, um, but I'm very sure you have the best examples. Yeah, these uh, maybe a few things I can cover. It's what the we want to show the that model can generate not even photorealistic model, but the model with good text understanding. The photorealism is here, it's very yummy, very real, like a photo. Uh, we also made the model that can somehow generate the fingers. Uh, we trained it before Midjourney version 5, so we see that Midjourney made a lot of effort and work to generate more proper hand, but it's like a good test uh, like Voidkampf test from uh, Blade Runner for these kind of models. Now we can do hands. This is not a, not a good test anymore. They can also generate a good text on the images. Uh, very realistic. This some um, maybe it's easy to add this kind of text on in Photoshop because it's just straightforward. Even this. But if you want to do maybe some print on your T-shirt or even on your head. You need... uh, so yes, you can like add a texture in your text. Um, yes, if you would like uh, to it to be as if it is embroidered on some clothes or made of some stained glass, you you can do it with the model. Yes, and uh, we were uh, a bit surprised to find out that um, our models show some uh, multilingual ability. Where 
is it? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry for okay, that. I don't know. Uh, ah, it's somewhere there. Somewhere here. Uh, yes, uh, it turned out that uh, the model, um, it's uh, definitely because of T5 text encoder. Uh, the model uh, can understand some um, text in uh, different languages other than English, but it, it, it is uh, European, some European languages, so uh, we can't, uh, our model can't understand some uh, text um, from some other lingui uh, linguistical branch, uh, but um, it understands uh, some European languages such as uh, German or French, for instance. Here we can see that uh, uh, it perfectly generates uh, black cars, whether you would like it uh, to be in German or in French. Also with... Uh, so we can see that it clearly understands uh, colors, and some uh, simple objects such as cars, for instance. But it also uh, does uh, quite well with some uh, long descriptions, actually. So here uh, we have this uh, description of uh, an appliance or compartment which is artificially kept cool and used to store food and drink and this is definitely a fridge and we can see that the model understands it even if this long description is in German or in French and it's very funny that if you put this description in German the uh, resulted images are um, empty <laughs> fridges. They're also whether empty, whether full of some bottles, uh, drinks, probably beer, <laughs> because as we all know, Germans like beer. Yeah, whether when you use uh, English or French prompts, uh, you, you see fridges that are full of some vegetables, some meals and so on. Yeah. Which is especially uh, interesting I because if I understand correctly, you do train the model on the on a subset of Lion 5B that is mostly just English captions. Is that English correct? Only. So it's even, English. even more yeah even more special that it then starts to to really understand or that it does really understand the these uh cross lingual things, which is quite cool. Yeah, true. Uh, and here is some fun example, but it actually shows that like the tokenization isn't perfect. Uh, here we can see like a green apple and a black backpack. Uh, and uh, we see that uh, in um, French, this word backpack is sacadou, uh, but uh, like the bag just some women bag is sack. So <laughs> we see that uh, on these uh, generations, uh, which comes from, the, from French text, we see only uh, women bag, bags and no, no backpacks. Yeah, and one more interesting example. <laughs> so uh, a national if you put a national di dish, you really get some national dish. And if you put this prompt into our model, so in German, it's uh, ein national Gericht. But in German, uh, Gericht is also a court. <laughs> but, uh, but this word, national Gericht, uh, it um, uh, relates only to a national dish actually because uh, as far as i know uh, the the word like a national court is uh, national nationalist uh, gericht i think and it's two different words as far as i know uh, but here we 
all, always uh, get a national court, a building of a national court. <laughs> yeah. That is super, it's super interesting, I have to say. Um, yeah, especially, especially considering that the fact that it sort of learned this aligned embedding from the T5 space or the, the T5 space has somehow this learned embedding space. And then um, it's essentially an English generator on top of this embedded space. Um, yeah, so I, I can confirm that um, being a German speaker that Nationalgericht is usually just a, a dish and, and the court would like the word national would probably not even a, appear in most cases. So, yeah, but it's still like I was I was I, I just needed to laugh when I saw that because it's kind of so obvious why the model makes that mistake, but it's still like super interesting that it does. So, yeah, very cool. You you said before that um, you don't need that many prompt tricks and so on. Do you have recommendations for people who want to use this model? What's the best way to prompt it? Like, what's the best stuff to put in the positive prompt? And can I? What what should I put into the negative prompt? And something like this. Uh, so what I just want to tell what I found by generating different stuff, my friend. Uh, make this uh, like image a uh, dev will come and she will have your eyes see he spent about one maybe two hours to generate it so because these are there is a lot a lot of text on it and it's very very hard to generate such a huge amount of text so um, what he did is to add this text several times in the prompt like about three times in different quotes in one quotes in two quotes so i don't know is it really helps but adding text several times really helps uh and sometimes um it helps uh to quote uh some uh concepts for instance uh you would like uh to make some scene with some several concepts and if you quote like this concept to make it um, more like separable, uh, sometimes it uh, also can help to get the result that you want much faster. The, the models you said they come in different sizes and so on. If I'm just if let's say I'm a you know some home user some hobby user i have maybe a, a large gaming gpu or so what's what's the biggest model that i can conceivably run as a single person and what do i need for the biggest model to run so yeah for nowadays uh i think that if you have like your gaming pc at your home for example uh, for 4090 uh, rtx nvidia uh, with 24 gigabyte GB of uh, VRAM. So what you can do, you can use the largest model we have. You have the Excel stage one, so 4.3 billion parameters. So you can do classifier, free guidance, diffusion uh, in the same time without any like uh, um, wiggling with it. So you can just generate uh, the correct image in the first stage, the second stage, and use your frozen T5 encoder. But if you not so like lucky to have this kind of gaming PC, so there are a lot of hacks that uh, Hug and Face team made. So by even using free collab, you can use uh, I, I, I deployed if model with the largest uh, like with the largest way. I mean, choosing the biggest um, biggest uh, based yes. one like second stage and the upscaler. Uh, in now we didn't release our own uh, first stage, but you using uh, model architecture. Our own third stage. Yes, so we haven't uh, yet released the second upscaler model. So yes, but it's possible to use it with uh, stable X4. So with offload and uh, yeah. some stuff that were made, you can use just free collab if you don't have your own PC or just hug and face space to generate some images. Cool. Um, 
yeah, let's talk about releasing the model a little bit. So this is currently released on the hub, uh, at least the, the first and second stage, right? The text encoder is an existing one um, and is specifically released under a non-commercial license for now. Um, there's also the paper is still coming, uh, still coming out. Um, what's your, what are your plans for releasing this? I have heard at some point, ooh, you'll, you know, it's going to be made available later under a commercially friendly license. What are the considerations there? Why is, why is it not just fully commercial right now? Or what are the, you know, what's kind of the thinking behind the release process here? Yeah, it's a very, very hard question. It's more about like legal stuff and the stability. So now we had a compute and uh, ability to train the uh, deployative model and really happy to share the, the community. So the way how we can uh, do it more step by step, it's the way where we can first of all do initial alpha testing. This initial alpha testing include 100 person that uh, try our model and found some like pros and cons. We found some non-safe issues with our model and we fix them by changing the data set, by also adding some filters on the online training phase and also on the inference phase. So we try to make our model as safe as uh, it can be for releasing it to like um, commercially uh, from the stability. And uh, now we are on a stage where we can give an access for all the people around the world to try our model and also for researchers. For example, we found that uh, by using deployed if uh, model, there is some concepts that were originally made for um, Imagen, for example, Dreamfusion are already made for deployed if, and this is some repository you can find and try it, this model. But it's also using our own license, right? Because uh, to generate this kind of uh, text to 3D, you have this part deployed if inside, and you need to agree with this license. And this is uh, now it's like research only, but we hope that like gradually with the stability, we can do it like more open and uh, even commercial one. And also we have some ideas in the future to release the next uh, generation of the if. Maybe on the topic of stability, um, what's not clear to me quite yet is your relationship to stability AI. Sometimes they do sponsor compute, sometimes they are shareholders of company if if i understand that correctly sometimes it's just a loose association how how does the deployed team and stability what how do they work together or what's their relation there so we are like part of stability so deployed to lab it's just part mm -hmm. of stability so yeah like uh, car okay. That's AI, cool. for instance yeah yeah yes and some other teams Harman AI and yeah is there is there um do you have how much freedom do you have to decide what to research on like can you do what you like can you have your ideas or is there like a very top down like oh you now need to do this text to diffusion model or how does how does that come to be because it's a very special situation it's it's open source but it's also a company and there are a lot of researchers involved so i'm very interested in how that works how do you get to decide what to work on so yeah this is like was like our like initial discussion with the mod we had an idea to create these uh, open source uh, large pre-trained models so we found that it's like our common ground here that stability won't, but the same thing we want. So we decide to be part of stability and do uh, this stuff. And uh, by deciding the core idea and using like the pixel cascaded diffusion in the same time there, the Robin and his team made the Latin diffusion we are doing so once one more text to image model with in a parallel very similar one using almost identical data set and uh, all the decision we made in team like was uh, like our 
internal decisions. I think we have a lot, a lot of freedom. But the only thing what we want to do altogether is to release this kind of model and do have this kind of model to find the compute on them. So I have, I think we have a huge freedom in terms to decide what to train and how to do this architecture and how to make it. But also we should to train it properly and do the best to uh, open source it. Yeah, I, I, we really appreciate cool. that. Yeah, we really appreciate that within stability, we have uh, um, really great uh, research freedom to choose uh, uh, which architecture uh, we'd like to use, uh, which decisions we'd like to make. I mean, um, in terms of optimization. And uh, stability uh, really is happy to provide us uh, compute, uh, and uh, like the the main uh, the main goal of stability and uh, of like uh, our team is uh, to release uh, in the end uh, some open source models. Excellent. Um... So last question from me, given you have this model now, there is a release process ongoing. I'm going to guess that's more on the side of the legal team and so on. What is next for, for you? What is next for Deep Floyd? Um, do you want to continue this line of research? Do you already have some, some, some higher goal in mind or what, you know, where are you going? So yeah, uh, now we finish the deployative model, so we try to think what we do next. We have uh, several ideas how to do next again text to image model. We also have some ideas uh, about um, maybe working in, in another domain of multimodal architectures. But for now, we are thinking that maybe one of the streams will be to continue doing these uh, open source uh, state-of-the-art text-to-image models. So we're thinking to do if uh, uh, two. Yeah, and it's it's cool that within stability there are um, several teams which are speci specialized on uh, different uh, domains. For instance, there is a team that works with the sound. There is a team that works to. Uh, images and so on, and so we can uh, collaborate, cooperate with each other, and uh, try some multimodal uh, architectures. Cool. Is there um, any last thing you would like the community to know, or you would like to get out there um, about your model, about your team, or just about the general general direction you'd like to see in the community? So, yeah, as a team, we will be happy to see maybe more ideas how to use deployative model, if it's possible to see maybe uh, some pull requests uh, and ideas how to optimize it. And uh, maybe we will try to do some stuff more with the community, maybe some open train, like how it can be done. It's a very hard question, but maybe we will try it. Uh, so definitely come to our discord server we don't have uh, like some bot and free generation there but there is some group and discussion so we will be happy to talk all right that's excellent well uh, misha and dasha thank you very much for being with me today and this was an absolute pleasure yeah. thank you yannick for us as well thank you